Hi, Ann Pearson here. And before I begin today's episode, I'm excited to tell you about the Paralegal Bootcamp's new three-step roadmap to manage cases like a rock star paralegal. If you're fairly new to litigation, this quick start guide will help you figure out three things that you can be doing to help you better anticipate what the attorney needs before they have to ask for it. It'll help reduce some of those last minute scrambles, especially if you're working for an attorney who's a procrastinator or someone who doesn't always share all of the important case information with you. I put this three-step roadmap into a downloadable PDF for you, and it's completely free. You can get yours on our website at paralegal-bootcamp.com forward slash three steps. Hi there, you're listening to the Paralegals on Fire podcast show where you'll be getting tips and actionable strategies that you can use right now to fast track your paralegal career. I'm your host, Ann Pearson, former paralegal and paralegal manager who left big law in the concrete jungle to start my own company, the Paralegal Bootcamp, where we give online courses that help paralegals make more money, increase their job security, and cut out the learning curve. All right, let's jump right into today's episode. Today's episode came from a suggestion I received from a listener who wanted some inside tips. So this one's for you, Lisa. But before I jump in, I want to thank all of you for your support of this show. I receive your emails. I read your comments. I see the incredible number of weekly downloads that we've had, and I'm just thankful. So thank you. All right. So I'm going to stick with just three tips in this episode because I've been told by listeners that they like podcasts that are less than 30 minutes, but look for more topics similar to this coming up soon. Okay. So three ways that we can work better with attorneys. My first one is have the confidence to speak up when you know something is going wrong. Why? Because there's a high likelihood you're going to get blamed for it anyway. So why not at least speak up and let them know it's not the right way or the best way? Let me give you an example. Back when I was a litigation paralegal, before I went into management, I went to a lot of trials. I had a lot of experience going to trial. And I was put on a new case. Well, it wasn't a new case. It was a new attorney I'd never worked with before. And It was a case that had been going on for quite a while that I had to get up to speed on and go to trial in a few weeks. It's the night before trial, and the attorney asks me if he can see the notebooks for the judge's trial exhibits. And of course, like any good trial paralegal, weeks before, I had called the judge's clerk and asked, how does the judge want his copy of the trial exhibits? And she said, for God's sake, do not send them in five-inch D-ring binders. I'm like, okay. And she said, you know, the judge is getting up there in age, and those are hard for him to lift up and lug around, even four-inch ones. You guys put so much stuff in there. They're too heavy. He would prefer individual file folders for each exhibit labeled in big writing so that when the attorney calls out a trial exhibit number, he can just grab that one file folder out of the box. Okay. So that's how I organize them. So fast forward to the night before trial, 
And this attorney asked to see the judge's exhibit. So I brought in one box and he said, no, 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 that's not going to work. What I want is for each witness to have their own notebook. And it's just going to contain the exhibits that I'm going to talk to that witness about. And they're going to be in the order of the outline. And I said, well, I don't think that's going to work because first of all, the judge's clerk said no notebooks. And I explained, you know, he's getting up there in age, just exactly what she said. And he said, well, these won't be real thick ones. We'll just do a bunch of little ones for each witness. And I said, I don't have time to change it. I'm sorry. You know, if you want me to work on this in a couple of days, when we're a couple of days into the trial, I can do that, but it's too late to change these tonight. And he was upset with me, but I spoke up, right? Because I knew what was going to happen. If he used these notebooks that only contained the exhibits that he thought he was going to use, and he changed his mind while the witness was on the stand, well, then I was going to be scrambling, not just to update the witness notebook who's on the stand, but also the opposing counsel's version and the judge's version. So anyways, fast forward, we're finishing up one of the days at trial and the jury's dismissed by the judge. And then that's when they usually handle, you know, other things outside the jury. And the judge says to the other side, Mr. So-and-so, I'd like you to come get your boxes of notebooks for my exhibits. And I want you to take them back to your office tonight. And I want you to redo them and make them look like the defense exhibits pointing to us, of course. And So after everything is said and done, the attorney is sitting at the table in front of me and turns around and smiles at me. And I mouthed the words, I told you so. (laughs) I, yes, I could have been totally wrong in doing that. And I might've gotten myself in trouble, but I knew what would happen. I knew it was going to go really bad, right? So what happened after that? For years after that, anytime this partner was walking down the hall and I was talking to another partner, maybe about an upcoming trial or something, he would literally stop and say, just listen to how she wants it done. She knows her stuff. I tell you that story because there are so many times where you could be doing something where you know inside it's wrong. The attorney is telling you to do it a certain way because that's all they know. But keep in mind that they are thinking at it from a different level. They're thinking about it. How do do I make my argument make sense? How do I convince the judge or the other side of this, that, or the other? They're not thinking about it from an organizational perspective like a paralegal is. So I want to give you a couple of different actionable strategies for this one because it's going to depend on your situation. My first choice, if you struggle with speaking up confidently, would be to join Toastmasters. Yes, the organization that most people think is for people who want to give speeches, but that's not all that it does. It's a great way to build confidence in your speaking in all different areas of your life. Another choice would be to join your local improv studio. There is nothing like being put up on stage, having to come up with things to say to build up your confidence level. If you have a budget, Maybe take an online course or a coaching program on speaking with confidence or building up self-confidence in a work environment. But here's the thing. The more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. But you also have to get it right. Here's what I mean. 
in that situation, if I had been wrong about how to organize the judge's version of the trial exhibits, let's say I was just going on a whim, or maybe it was just that I didn't want to have to reorganize those trial exhibit notebooks the night before the trial began. And we'd gone into the courtroom and we were the ones that the judge told to take our exhibits back and organize them like the other side had theirs. If that had happened, then it would impact my confidence in the opposite direction. And if that happens too often, then it's going to get more and more difficult to have the confidence to speak up when something is going wrong. All right. Number two, don't think that you can change the procrastinator attorney. Instead, change your response. I get it. It's frustrating to get those last minute projects thrown in your lap or thrown in your inbox. There are so many jokes out there about attorneys being procrastinators, but it's really pretty simple if you think about it. If you work with a procrastinator, you only have two options, change them or change how you respond to them. I told a story in an earlier episode. It was episode three. I'm not going to retell the whole story again, but to give you a quick reminder, if you've been following the show since we started it, this was the time that I felt like I needed to drive like a maniac going way faster than the speed limit to get that brief to the clerk's office and how that response to a procrastinator had to change. Okay. So back to our options, dealing with a procrastinator. Option one is to change them. Get them to stop waiting until the last minute to give you projects. (laughs) I can hear the laughter out there now. I did a Google search on how to work with a boss who was a procrastinator. If you really want to laugh and you've got an hour or two to burn going down the Google rabbit hole, do that search. One of the articles was on this newsletter. It was for workplace issues. It gave five or 10 things that you can do. I want to read you one of them word for word, and see if this would work with your attorney. Send him an email. They were referring to a question, you know, the boss is a he. Send him an email one or two days before the deadline and give a suggestion on how you will proceed if he isn't able to provide you with what you need. You say, quote, the deadline on this project is tomorrow. I still need you to review it and give me your feedback before I submit it to the client. If I don't hear back from you by 3 p.m. tomorrow, I'll assume you approve of my efforts and I will submit the project, end quote. What? (laughs) I know. I was laughing too when I read that. You know, that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast, because so much of the work advice out there just doesn't apply to a paralegal. Going back to the advice in that article, first of all, it's most likely that the project that you're doing is something that has to be signed by the attorney who has a license to practice law. But let's give it a try and say that it's not something that's going to get filed with the court or sent to opposing counsel. Let's assume it's something that's a draft or something that you're putting together that the attorney wants to send to a client. That's still not going to fly. Sending that project to the client if you don't hear back from the attorney by 3 p.m., no, it's not happening in the legal profession. Okay, so changing them is off the table. If that's the case, option two, you have to change how you respond. If you work with a procrastinator, what can you change in how you respond? Well, you could get access to their calendar so that you know of any deadlines coming up. You could ask for weekly meetings with them, whether in person or on a Zoom call. 
and ask them, what's the top three priorities this week? One of the things that I teach in the litigation bootcamp is to get your eyes on everything that comes in on your cases so that you know there's a deposition scheduled next month. And if you know that, you can start pulling things together for it this month. You could also go into their office and say, I see we have the XYZ deadline coming up late next week. I'm going to go ahead and get started on that now. That way, you're not asking them if there's anything that you can do to help on the XYZ case. You're saying, you see what's coming up on the XYZ case, and you're going to start doing ABC. Asking an open-ended question like, is there anything I can do to help, is not going to get you the top priority in that case for that week. All right, last but not least, number three, understand that they don't teach management skills in law school. I think we all know this, but it's good to have a quick reminder every now and then. Just because the attorney is your boss or your supervisor doesn't mean they know how to be a manager. They just want their work done and no one's ever told them how to do that best or how to be a great leader. Now, this is not to say that someone should be excused for bad behavior in the workplace. I'm not saying that at all. I'm talking about those common complaints that I hear from paralegals who enjoy their career, but they get frustrated that they're not getting the work that's challenging enough or they're watching the attorney give the good work to the secretary instead of them. This is about someone you work for who maybe doesn't know the best way to delegate work. Most likely, no one has ever taught them how to delegate effectively. Maybe they don't know the best way to give constructive criticism or positive feedback. Those are things that most people, attorneys included, aren't usually born with. It's something that's learned, me included. So ask yourself, how can I work better with my attorney? Because what's most important to you is going to be different than what's most important to your colleague sitting down the hall. For example, if you're the type who needs more detailed instructions so that you can get it right the first time and you're very detail-oriented, tell them that. Tell them, I'm the type of person who likes to get it right the first time, and I'm sometimes hesitant to bother you like I'm asking too many questions. For this assignment, can we try doing things a little different and tell them how you'd like to do it? That brings me to the actionable strategy for this one. Tell them or show them how you want to be treated. Don't just go back to your office and stew over things or go home and complain to your significant other or worse, complain to your colleagues. I've seen it so much in the last 30 years. And you know what? I was probably guilty of that early in my career too. But when I look back at those first few years, I realized when we're all starting out our careers in our early 20s, we're fresh out of school, most of our interpersonal skills carry over from school to work. But as adults working in the legal profession, there are better ways to handle conflicts with your boss than complaining to your best friend at work. Instead, have an open and honest communication with the person. It doesn't always change things. But I can tell you what's not going to change things, gossiping to the paralegal down the hall about it. All right. So I know there are several other ways that we can work better with attorneys. In fact, there's probably going to be another episode on this topic later in the year because I sit here winding down this episode and I've thought of at least two or three more, (laughs) but we're getting close to time today. So for today, three things that you can do to work better with your attorney is one, 
have the confidence to speak up when something is going wrong or could go wrong. Two, don't try to change the procrastinator. Instead, change your response to the procrastinator. And three, remember that they didn't get management training in law school. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, hit the subscribe button in whatever platform you're listening. And please take a quick minute and leave a review of the podcast and share this episode with just one colleague or friend who you think would benefit from what we discussed today. Share the knowledge and the entire paralegal profession elevates. See you next week. Bye for now.